Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever you are and whatever part of the day it is for y'all. I appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of your time, as always, and for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help it spread, thank y'all so much. I'm grateful, I'm humbled by that, and I'm hoping that it helps y'all and our country just a little bit, gives you some knowledge, if nothing else. We're going to go for one of our little walks today. The wind has finally died down enough that I think y'all can hear me. The trees are doing a pretty good job of breaking some of it have two puppy dogs that are very excited about what they know not, but they're excited. And one one little girl, although not right beside me right now. So I had a podcast lined up for today. And as I was getting ready for it, I stumbled across something else in a biography on Winston Churchill, which I thought was extremely relevant. And so I switched to that. And then as I was getting ready for that, a few things happened. And I changed the podcast again, (laughs) which is not highly unusual. Just find it kind of entertaining. The old saw or the old line about if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. We get so confident that this is what's going to happen on any given day, and then things change, as I'm sure y'all are all well aware in your life. So I have no idea how long or short this podcast is going to be. I'm kind of just let it run itself. I've had some, we've done these podcasts every so often. We do them, and and I think that's good. This is not going to necessarily be one of the more historical ones, although I'm going to pull a couple quotes in if we if it fits. But I've I've had a couple of things in the past. My family has had a couple things in the past. Oh, two weeks. That have been really. Heartbreaking, disturbing. Not personally, I don't want to give off that opinion, folks, Um, but these are are people we have known or friends, some really good friends, and and I won't get into the details about it, A, because I didn't ask them if I could share it, and B, because you don't really need to know it for what I'm about to go through. So, y'all forgive me if this is a little bit disjointed because I'm trying to keep my emotions out of it, but still get the point emphatically across. I'm going to start with a quote that we have used frequently on this podcast, which I think is great because I think it falls into muscle memory. And like the Marine Corps taught me all those years ago, we have to have that so that we can pull that up when we're stressed out or in pain 
<clears throat> or tired or whatever it is. So I, I feel like this is kind of fitting, at least for me. The family has always been the cornerstone of American society. That's the first line from this quote by Ronald Reagan. And then the last paragraph, today more than ever, it's essential that these contributions not be taken for granted and that each of us remember that the strength of our families is vital to the strength of our nation. Well, the strength of our families, folks, is without question the strength of our marriages. You cannot divide the two. And that's exactly what we've done today for a lot of different reasons. This this podcast could go a bunch of different ways, folks. I'm going to try and keep it on the same line. If we don't have strong marriages, you cannot have a strong America because you can't have strong families. And that's the basic unit for this country. And if you don't follow the teachings of Christ and the commands of God in that marriage, you can't have a strong marriage. Now, please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Although, as I have started to say more frequently here, I, I can't encourage that enough. Uh, because that's that really is your decision there. That's the single greatest decision you're ever going to make in your entire life. But what I'm saying is, regardless of that decision, if we as a people don't follow those teachings, our, our marriages fall apart, and therefore our families fall apart, and therefore our country falls apart. And all you have to do, all you have to do is walk the halls of any high school, really any school. I had a, a friend listening to this one time, one of these that we've done. And, and they mentioned, said, you know, really, it, it doesn't have to be just a high school. You, you could walk into a middle school or an elementary and watch the kids and see the just disastrous results of broken families and marriages at home. And then that translates, of course, to the, to the school itself, to the communities, to our states, and then to our nation. It just has a ripple effect, like throwing a rock into a pond. So couple quotes here by Hamilton and John Quincy Adams. And this really is opening the door to a a whole other podcast. And and I'm not trying to do that. But what I am trying to do is tie in very quickly. There's a quote by Anne Rind who wrote Atlas Shrugged. I believe I pronounced that right. And and basically the quote is, excuse me. Fascism, socialism, communism, Nazism, I would i would throw in leftism, same thing. They're all just different shades of the same monstrous evil. And all that monstrous evil, each one of those in their own way, tries to replace God with the state. They try and get rid of God and pretend like the state is God, that men who run governments are God. And every single time that has disastrous results. And so these two comments are based on the French Revolution, which happened shortly after our American Revolution, but it was completely different. Our founders had hoped that it would be the same, but it it turned out horribly different and brought in different facets of 
fascism, socialism, communism. It, it just, it was, there's a reason they called it the reign of terror. And one of the things that they did is they completely rejected biblical standards across the board, including those on marriage and divorce. So this is a quote from Alexander Hamilton. It is among, and I, I want to I stop here real quick, folks. I have a real short point that this whole podcast is spiraling down to, I, I hope. So I am, I'm working towards something. Just stick with me here. Alexander Hamilton. It is among the singular and fantastic vagaries, freakish whims, of the French Revolution that a new law of divorce was passed, which makes it as easy for the husband to get rid of his wife and a wife of her husband as to discard a worn out habit. Those marriage ties are the chief links of domestic and ultimately social attachment. It's kind of ironic coming from Hamilton, if you know much about him, but (laughs) maybe that's all the more damning because he knew what happened when marriages dissolved. John Quincy Adams, also talking about this French law, writing to his wife, Louisa. It is one of the, quote, wise, unquote, he's using that sarcastically, discoveries of the French Revolution that the marriage vow is absurd because it promises love for life, which, say they, is promising what is not within our own power. I remember that when the great regenerating French National Convention passed their law to make divorce just as easy as marriage, this was the decision and triumphant argument with them. Yet the very same men who could not promise to love anything for life unanimously took within a week afterwards an oath of eternal hatred to monarchy. They could vow to hate, not to love. Their objection, however, is not true. Honest and virtuous minds can promise to love for life and can perform the promise. Thousands and thousands of examples prove it. But when the heart has long been wallowing in the kernels of corruption. It infects the understanding. There's a great commentary here in the Founder's Bible, but I think I'm going to move on. The bottom line here is, folks, this marriage is central. Again, marriage is central. And we've been discarding it. Ever since we started to make divorce, just like they talked about here in the French Revolution, as easy as marriage, where you could just discard your spouse at any time for any reason, we started to dismantle the family unit, which, as Reagan said again, is is the cornerstone and the strength of our nation. So it all it all goes and it all goes back to these ideas from communism and socialism and leftism, fascism, Nazism, it all they're all the same, folks. It's all rejection of the values of God on marriage and sex. And so, and this ties in to the Churchill podcast that we're going to do. And so I'm going to try and tie two more points in pretty quickly here, folks. We've been pretending that marriage is is whatever we want it to be now. And and this is very similar, just the quotes that we talked about again from the French Revolution. 
And then when we do have marriage, we, we don't want to follow the rules of God in marriage. And so I'm going to give you a little, there's a lot, folks, in the Bible on marriage. I'm just going to give you just a little bit here. Uh, definitely not all inclusive. This is from Ephesians chapter 5. And this is going to be super unpopular, folks. I'm already going to tell you. For, for some of y'all, this is going to irritate you to no end. And, and some of y'all are going to claim that I'm cherry picking, and, and I'm not. This gives you a, a pretty good idea of roles for husbands and wives, biblically. And it's expounded on in other parts of the Bible, which maybe we'll come back to and do one solely on biblical roles. But I'm trying to get somewhere today. Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so awful also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. C.S. Lewis has a couple great comments in Mere Christianity. And he makes the comment twice about the how unpopular submission, and this was back during World War II, of wives to their husbands based on the biblical principles. And he was talking about within the church, within people that claim to follow Christ, how unpopular that was. And, and he talked further about why the marriages became dysfunctional. And again, maybe, maybe we'll go back and do a whole podcast on that. I, I feel a little timid to do that just because I know I'm going to irritate so many people, but I probably already have. So maybe, maybe there's no reason not to, but, but here's the deal. One, we're, we're throwing away marriages left and right just because we feel like it. And then two, probably before that, I should have made this the first point in marriage. We're not following the roles. There's, there's so many men out there that, that don't lead. And don't nourish and cherish their wife as their own body and don't lay down their life for their wife. Not just physically, folks, not just in the sense of taking a bullet for her, but putting them before, putting their wives before themselves. And then really huge problem today. I mean, you can make that the first because Marine Corps, they always taught us you lead by example, right? So if the husband's going to be the leader, you got to lead by example. 
But wives, you've got to be willing to follow too. You've got to be willing to make that choice to be respectful and submissive and desire your husband. They go hand in hand. And and if either one is off, as somebody just told me this last week when we were talking about this before the podcast, if either one of those is off, if if the hierarchy, this is how they they phrased it, if the hierarchy in the marriage, Christ, husband, wife is off even a little bit, which I thought was phenomenal because I actually got that from two separate pastor's wives recently, then the whole thing crumbles. And we've done both. We're not doing what we're supposed to in marriage. And, and, then, and then we just throw it away. So, so here's, here's what I'm trying to get to, folks, in the marriage. And, and the problem from these last two weeks, I'm having trouble telling you about this without telling you exactly what happened. But, but I've seen some really bad things in marriage recently. If you can't find 20, 30 minutes, whatever, for God first each day, and for your spouse second, you're doing something wrong. If you can't find a half hour each day to give to God and then to give to your spouse, Something is wrong. And, and, and we like to make so many excuses. I don't have time. But, but you have time to watch an hour of Instagram Reels or TikTok or Snapchat or whatever it is, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is that you're on. You've got time to do an hour of that on your phone or watch the latest episodes of whatever show you're watching on Netflix or Hulu or Prime, or whatever it is, you've got time to do that, or read that book, or work out for an hour, but you don't have time for God and your spouse, the problem's not God, and the problem's not your spouse, it's you. If I can't find 30 minutes in a day to give to the God of the universe, and then another 30 minutes to give to my spouse, the problem is not anybody else, the problem is me, folks. And then, even more to the point, if I look at my spouse in my marriage and say, you know what, I I know that you really need and want this, but it's just, it makes me uncomfortable. That's just too hard for me. Let me translate that for you, folks. If I say that to my spouse, let let me tell you exactly what that translates to. That translates to, you are not important enough, wife. Or husband, if you're a wife, listen to this. You are not important enough for me to step outside my comfort zone. The person that I promise to love in sickness and health, for better or worse, till death do us part. The person that I made a promise to be united as one flesh for the rest of my earthly life. You are not important enough for me to scrape together the time each day. And the effort and the energy to put you as my priority above myself, you're not worth it. You're just, you're just not that important. And I feel real bad about that, but you're just not. 
That's exactly what you're telling your spouse. And really worse than that, folks, that's what you're telling the God of the universe. Hey, man, appreciate you creating me and all that, but uh, I don't have time for you today. I got other things that are important. I got to chase my job. I got to chase my career. I got to chase that money. I got something else that is more important than you. And that's what I'm going to have to focus on today. I did this calculation because you, you have time each day, folks, every single one of you. I, and I'll throw this out there. I don't think I do very often. I hope I don't. But I've worked a lot of different kinds of jobs. I'm sure most a lot of y'all have too. Uh, minimum wage uh, as a barista, right? Waiter or waiter, waiter or waitress kind of job uh, where my schedule changed week in, week out. I've worked 12-hour shifts, you know, 12 on, 12 off for weeks on end. I've worked a job where they called and I went, and sometimes I'd just disappear for three days, right, to go out and work in the field. Uh, I've worked a steady nine to five where I was at work every day and then home or eight to five, right? So if you're home, though, (laughs) you have time. And if you don't have time, something's wrong. And before you go pointing the finger at anybody else, we need to look in the mirror. Because most of the time, the problem is right there in the fact that we are not willing to make them a priority. And and to do whatever it is that makes your spouse feel loved. Whatever it is, folks. I don't care what it is. Bake them a cake. Go for a walk. Sit and talk. Sit and listen. Whatever it is, you have 30 minutes a day to do that for your spouse. Now, here's the other thing. And and this comes from some of the painful moments of the last few weeks. Life is pretty short, folks. The average lifespan in the U.S. is 78 years. That translates to 936 months. You have 936 months in your entire life for the average person in the United States. (laughs) And so let me tell you another little fun fact. Let's pretend that you're 30, right? So if you're 30, that means you have 48 years left. That means you have 576 months left in your life. That's it, folks. Nothing else. After that, it's gone. I I made this way too long because I started off on stuff that I probably could have filtered out, and I apologize, although those quotes are great, and so hopefully that'll give you a little background, but I cannot hammer this point, and so I'm going to make this stretch just a little bit, folks, and I apologize. Because we need to hear it today so desperately across the board in our country. If you cannot find, let me back up and throw myself in here. If we cannot find even a half hour for the God of the universe each day and for the spouse that we promise to love more than any other human being on this earth, We are doing something wrong. And really, probably, if we're going to be honest, folks, we're just lying. And if we look at our spouse and begrudgingly do find that time, but say, you know what? I can't do X, Y, and Z because that just makes me uncomfortable. I just, I don't really like that. I don't enjoy that. 100% that's translating to spouse. You're just not worth it. You are not worth it. You're not that important to me. In fact, you are not important to me. Other things are more important. 
And then we want to look around and wonder why the marriages in our country are falling apart. Why our families are broken. Why our schools and our communities are struggling. Why our states and our nation are crumbling. Because we're selfish. Because we don't want to honor the vows that we made. I really still don't feel like I've gotten the point across, folks, but I'm going to move on. (laughs) Realize that, though. Try and translate it. I'll try and come back to it again. You have the time, folks. I 100% guarantee you have the time. It's just a matter of whether you're willing to make the changes in your life to put your priorities into action. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.